Uh, I couldn't figure out why Greg Norman would want that job in the first place. Uh, I, I understand how it, it would be, you know, fun to do the U.S. Open. Uh, I just I just can't see him spending a week at the at the U.S. Men's Four Ball uh, analyzing people that you know. And he was criticized to some extent for how how he didn't necessarily know the players. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how much time he'd have to put into learn all the amateur players in the in the four ball. Right. I just didn't get the I just didn't get the, the fit. Greetings and welcome back to another edition of the golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Alan Bastable, and today I'm pleased to welcome to the show golf instructor Hank Haney. You probably know Hank's name for the six years he spent teaching Tiger Woods from 2004 to 2010. But he has plenty of other accolades on his resume. Hank has worked with more than 200 tour pros and a slew of celebrity hackers, including the likes of Charles Barkley and Michael Phelps. Hank also has one of the game's best Twitter feeds. Tweet Hank a, a swing query, and he might just respond with a 140-character tip that magically cures your slice. For the last two years, Hank has hosted his own Sirius XM radio show, which later this month will begin airing seven days a week. Hank, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, I think my first question is, would you have ever guessed that you would be working for the same company as Howard Stern? <laughs> well, uh, probably not, but I, uh, you know, I've had a great time doing it. Scott Greenstein, the president of Sirius, uh, asked me about doing the show a couple years ago, and I, I, I sounded good. I mean, he's a great salesperson, so it, it sounded good, and uh you know, definitely I was honored to, to have been called by the same guy that uh, hired Howard Stern, I'll, I'll tell you that much. And uh, I've enjoyed doing it. It's, it's, it's fun. I love talking golf, and I appreciate you having me on today. Sure. Glad to have you. So the show is going daily. Obviously, they like you over there. Um, tell, give us a sense for what, 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 what the makeup of the show is and, uh, and uh, sort of how, how it's evolved over the last couple of years. Well, I mean, a lot of it is caller-driven. A lot of it is, is instructional. Um, you know, a lot of the shows that we have on SiriusXM PJ Tour Radio, are, uh, we, we have programming, obviously the golf tournaments, and then, uh, you know, analyzing the golf tournaments and, and talking about the world of golf. Uh, and then, then we have some instruction shows, too. So I try to do a little bit of everything. I mean, obviously, if there's a, a story that's uh, getting a lot of attention, I, I like to talk about that. Uh, but uh, a lot of what I do is instruction, people calling in, asking questions, uh, and, uh, and me picking topics to, to talk about uh, and uh, kind of going in that direction. But a lot of it is, is, is caller-driven, and uh, I, I love to get the feedback. Uh, it's, it's been great for me to you know, just uh, stay in touch with, with my audience. I feel like my career has kind of run full gamut. I mean, I started off teaching the average player how to play the game. And then, you know, next thing you know, I, I spent 30 years teaching touring pros. And, and now, uh, I, I, you know, Tiger was my last student. So I don't, I don't uh, teach anyone anymore. And, and now I'm just back to helping the average player try to learn the game. So most of it is in, instruction. Uh, but uh, I'm not scared to give an opinion on, on uh, anything else in the world of golf. So it, it's, uh, it's a fun show, and it's, it's uh, fun for me to do. Yeah, we, we know that well, and we're going to certainly uh, hit you up for some of those opinions uh, in a few minutes here. Uh, golf instruction is obviously a very visual thing, and you know whether it's on video or you know in a magazine with photos, how difficult is it to, to communicate instruction over the airwaves? 
it's really not difficult uh, when you, you teach the way that I do because my, my teaching is based on the golf ball. Uh, what the golf ball does is, is, is telling you what you're doing wrong. It's, it's, it's shouting back at you what your, your problems are, uh, certainly in terms of, of what's happening at impact because in order for golf ball to fly a certain way, the impact conditions have to be uh, you know, the, way, the way that they are to produce that shot. So, so that's not a, a variable. And th- then you kind of break it down to the fact that, okay, in order to create those impact conditions, what would the swing have looked like with the golf club? And then, and then you, you break it down and think, okay, now what, what would the body have done and the hands and arms have done to create that type of a swing? And when you take that approach, all it takes is, is, is a – few questions and you can really really have a, a very very uh, highly educated uh, guess if you will as to what that swing looked like uh, for instance I mean if, if somebody is, is digging big holes into the ground uh, you, you, clearly you know their swing is not too flat right uh, so, so it, it's, it's not it's not hard at all uh, if, you, if you get some good information from from the people that are calling in and, uh, you know, we've had a lot of great feedback, people saying that we've really helped their game. And obviously that's, you know, what I love to do. And that's what I've done my whole career. So speaking of communicating over the airwaves, uh, big news this week or earlier this week, Greg Norman got the ax from Fox Sports. Uh, I think most people were a little taken aback that it, that it happened so quickly. I mean, he obviously didn't receive the most glowing reviews, I would say, um, his first year out. But were you, were you surprised by, by how sudden that decision was? Yeah, I was because I like Greg Norman. But, I, you know, who knows what the story was. I mean, maybe there was, you know, I mean, maybe it was a mutual thing. I don't know. I, 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 I guess it doesn't sound like it, it, it was, but we really don't, don't know. Uh, I couldn't figure out why Greg Norman would want that job in the first place. Uh, I, I understand how it, it would be you know, fun to do the U.S. Open. But I, I, I don't get doing the, the U.S. amateur, men's and women's, uh, the yeah. U.S. Uh, men's and women's floorball, uh, you know, the, the uh, senior, uh, you know, championships. I mean, okay, the senior open, I guess that, that would, you know, be something that, you know, well, clearly it would be second in line in terms of what would be the most fun to do. The women's U.S. Open, okay, you could get into that. But but there's a lot of events that, that that they were doing that to me for somebody that honestly the stature and and how busy he is Greg Norman uh, I just I just can't see him spending a week at the at the U.S. Men's Four Ball uh, analyzing people that you know and he was criticized to some extent for how how he didn't necessarily know the players well I mean I, I don't know how much time you'd have to put into learn all the amateur players in the, in the four ball. Right. I just didn't get the, I just didn't get the, the fit. And, and, you know, um, for the, for the most part, announcer jobs, I mean, let's, let's face it. I mean, they, they go to, to ex players who, you know, are, are looking for or really need something to do. Um, and I don't think Greg Norman fits into either one of those categories. He clearly doesn't need something to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's got plenty of business interests, and he's incredibly successful. But I liked his opinions. I liked what he had to say. I didn't think that, that it was really a, a, a fair criticism. I, I understand the criticism that Fox got, 
but I don't think it was a fair criticism. I mean, what did people expect? Yeah. I mean, they, they'd been doing this for, you know, they had one little practice where they did the shark shootout and that was their practice round. And then they go straight to the U S open. I mean, it's just, you know, these people that have been doing this, uh, you know, CBS with Lance Burrow and, and, and NBC with, with these guys are, and you know, and Mark Loomis is too with Fox. But but the problem is 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 he's just putting together a team, and it takes time for that that team to gel. When when people think they can just go and be an announcer, uh, it's like just going and being a golf instructor. You just you're just basically that line of thinking. It's like it's like going and being a writer. I mean that that line of thinking it just kind of honestly makes a mockery of the profession. It's not that easy uh, to do, and uh, you know Fox is down on the learning curve with their telecast team, and so you know I mean it, it probably wasn't a good idea in hindsight to have the the guy in the chair uh, that the big chair that Greg Norman was sitting in with no experience. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. you know, so if, if Paul Azinger is a choice, which, I mean, from what everybody says, that seems to be where they, they would probably head. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of experience, and he's very, very good at it. And he fits the formula, you know, yeah. former major championship winner. So I guess you can logic it out, but I, I, I kind of enjoyed Greg, and I like I liked what he had to say. Yeah, I think they were probably attracted to the sort of star quality as much as anything. I think Fox probably felt like they needed to make a big splash. Um, yeah. So they wanted, you know, the the A list uh, major champ in that chair, which they got, but obviously it didn't didn't pan out. Uh, would you have any interest in getting into TV? Obviously, now you've you've uh, you've proved your uh, broadcasting chops in, in in radio. Would you have any interest in leaping, making the leap to television? No, I mean I I don't fit the formula that they that they have for for what they. Uh, use. I mean, they use ex players. They and they and especially in the the lead analyst chair. I mean, they they use former major championship winners. That's the formula they use and that they've always used. And I, I don't see that that changing. So yeah. uh, TV's hard. You know, people. You know, it, it, it's one of those things that looks easier than it is. But TV is very very difficult. I worked for ESPN for for uh, you know quite a few years and it's just it's just a lot harder than it looks so i have a great admiration for for people that do the, the telecast you know and and especially these these uh you know lead announcers i mean you look at dan hicks you look at mike Tarico, look at jim nance i mean these guys are just phenomenal i mean it's unbelievable i mean i just sit there when i would, would you know do the telecast back in the day i mean i'd just sit there in awe of these guys and just how great they are i mean terry gannon's another one and the godson does a great great job I mean, these guys are just are just unbelievable, and uh, you know it's 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 not easy, and and it's it's a, a lot of work, a lot of downtime, um, production meetings, this and that, you know, uh, running all around the golf course, and you know this this idea of calling shots on the the the, the fairway, you know, is of no interest to me whatsoever. I mean, uh, you know, he, he's 165 yards away. Uh, he, he's, he's sitting a nine iron and, you know, and who cares? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. what, 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 you know, I mean, I mean, what, what, what does anybody do with that information? I mean, that's useful. I've seen, you know, obviously, uh, media types like myself, there's been a lot of speculation about who, who might get the job. And I think half jokingly, a couple of people had suggested that tiger would actually be a, 
a good candidate. I mean, obviously highly unlikely that he would ever take that that gig. But could you see him being being a uh, I mean, he's proven he's got an analytical mind. And I think he's done a pretty decent job at his own tournaments when he's jumped in the booth. Um, no, he'd do, he'd do a phenomenal job. I yeah. mean, Tiger would be unbelievable. But I don't know. You know, I don't know whether he would want to do that, although it's very clear that his career is has has taken a turn, not just uh, from, you know, the, the fact that, that he's injured and hasn't played as much, but you can just see the, his whole attitude and uh, just, you know, I mean, how he's acting and interacting with people. And, and uh, he's at a different different point in his in his career. I mean, him volunteering to be a captain at the Ryder Cup is, uh, you know, I mean, that would be, you'd have to consider that to be a little out of character yeah. uh, if you were early, earlier in his career. And now it's, it's taken a different phase. So I, I, I would have said, you know, years ago, I would have said there's just no possible way that could ever happen. And I wouldn't say that now. Um, you know, maybe that is something that he would consider. I mean, he would be great at it. But having said that, I mean, I had a hard time figuring out how Greg Norman was going to sit there and watch the, the U.S. women's floorball. And I've got a bigger, you know, uh, question on how Tiger Woods would do that. Right. I mean, it, yes, it's, it, it, it's, you know, if every tournament was a U.S. Open or if they were just doing, you know, only four majors, uh, you know, okay, it's the U.S. men's and the U.S. women's Open. I mean, that's one thing. But to, you know, sit through all those other tournaments, you know, with, with you know, let's face it. I mean, how, how many, you know, you, th- those tournaments get the same kind of ratings that, um, you know, a volleyball game gets on ESPN. I mean, I just, I just don't see it. I don't see why some, why a Tiger Woods would do that. But who knows? Well, plus, he said, I think he said in that Time Magazine interview that he doesn't even watch golf on TV. He, he doesn't seem too sort of enthralled by the whole business. Um, well, he he says a lot of stuff though, and you know, <laughs> yeah. he, you know. So I mean, he, he you know, <laughs> he used to watch golf when I was with him for six years. He watched golf on TV all the time. Ah, interesting. He he never he never did not have golf on when it was on. So, uh, you know, I guess he's you know, and now he could have changed. I mean, that was six years. I'm just telling you what happened for six years. Yeah. Uh, now now all of a sudden he doesn't ever watch golf. I I, I find that hard to believe. To right. Be honest with right. You. Well, uh, you know, I was going to ask you. You just touched on this a little bit, but could you have ever imagined? I mean, you you obviously worked with Tiger, you know, during the height of his powers, but. Um, you know, as recently as six years ago, you guys were working together. I mean, could you have imagined that if we had told you in 2010 that Tiger would be an assistant Ryder Cup captain and, you know, potentially on the bench for, you know, a year? I don't know if we'll see him play this year, but um, c- could you have imagined how quickly – it has been six years, to be fair, but how, how quickly that, yeah. that, the, that sort of the end has, has appeared to come? Well, it's it's like you said though. It's it's not as quick as as we think it is, or yeah. you know, it seems like it is. Time flies, and that's you know the way it is with everyone. Uh, you know, the last time you know Tiger won the the Masters was last year was was 2005, uh, 2006 for the, the the you know British Open, 2008 for the the uh, you know U.S. Open. I mean, you know, that's a long, long time ago. So time flies. I mean, I saw that uh, you know his workout routine was was putting a lot of stress on his body. I, I saw that his his determination and desire was was not what it was. I mean, and this goes all the way back to 2006. So now we're talking 10 years ago. 
Um, but obviously nobody would have predicted the, um, you know, everything that happened with the scandal. And, and clearly that had to take something out of them. I mean, it would have taken something out of anybody. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think it's, it, this is as, as sudden a fall as, as, uh, as maybe, you know, we, we kind of tend to think it is. I mean, it, you know, in 2008, he had his fourth knee operation. Um, so, you know, if he, I don't know what other sports, you know, I mean, would you play and, and you would, you would have four knee operations and then, you know, eight years later, you're still going strong. I mean, I, it just, you know, it, it, it it's golf, but at the end of the day, uh, it, it's golf. But at the end of the day, Tiger's a 40 year old professional athlete at the end of the day. Uh, one of the things that came out in, uh, in Steve Williams book, which I don't know if you've, if you've had a chance to sit down and read it, um, but the thing, one of the things that surprised me, he said the Tiger, all the way back in 2004, was sort of felt like he'd had enough and was almost ready to to turn it in. And that yeah, was. Well, pe- I, 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 I said that in, it, in, in my book that, that I did with Jaime Diaz, but, the big but, miss. And but I that mean, was a little and, bit later, know, people, right? Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, it. it well, I think Steve said in in 2000. Uh, well, for I forget what it was the U.S. Open where he, Tiger mentioned that you know he probably had enough. But I mean, you just you see that you know you don't think it's the way it is, or you, you think oh it couldn't be true. I mean, Tiger's so dedicated. He yeah. he he wants it so bad. Nobody wants it worse than Tiger. I mean, I'm I'm quoting I'm quoting people in the media last year. This, these are quotes that they made last year. Uh, but but you you know you would so back in 2004 2005. Uh, there's people still in denial to this issue uh, today, and it's 2016. That Tiger isn't the this isn't the end all be all to, to him. This be, beating Nicholas's record, that he isn't the the most dedicated person in the world. And and by the way, he has plenty of reasons not to be. Everything he's done in golf, he's got children. I mean, I'm not I'm not criticizing him. I'm not blaming him. I'm not saying anything. It's just I think it's a natural evolution. But there's people in the media that still to this day think that Tiger is just this, this you know, everything is golf to him. And, and so the fact that it, you can go all the way back to 2004 when there were signs that it, it, it wasn't that way, uh, it, it's not surprising to me that people would ignore those signs, especially considering the fact that in 2016 they're still in denial that those that those signs are clearly exist or that you know we've, we've reached the point that 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 is the case you're you'll forever be sort of inextricably linked to tiger i guess and i imagine it's the first topic that comes up when you're at dinner parties or you know at a corporate outing um does does, does it ever get old do you tire of of talking about tiger no, I mean, it was, it was a phenomenal part of my career. I mean, I feel honored to have been a part of, of uh, you know, Tiger's career in, in whatever small way I was. I mean, it was just the greatest opportunity that a, a coach could ever have to work with an athlete so gifted as Tiger Woods. I mean, when I got that call, uh, you know, it was clearly, uh, you know, the greatest day in my professional career. Um well, I mean, I guess I'd have to say the greatest day of my professional career was meeting Mark O'Meara, um, you know, who just got in the Hall of Fame this year. Because if it wasn't for meeting Mark, I, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet Tiger. Right. But 
but um, you know, it, it it's uh, it was right up there. Let's put it that way. And I never get tired of it. I like to answer questions. I like to talk about golf. I like to analyze. I like to study. Uh, and Tiger's what people like to talk about. Uh, but it's changing now. I mean, it's it's changing now with Jordan Spieth, and and I think it's a it's a great thing. And we've got you know great players at the top between Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy and Jason Day, and and not only are they great, but they're just phenomenal guys too. So I think Austin is such a great place. Yeah, I mean, it's been an amazing couple of years. I think you know you talk about well, maybe yeah, we, maybe some of us are surprised that that Tiger is where he is in 2016. Um, but you know, people were predicting end of days, uh, you know, five or six years ago when Tiger really started to struggle and the injuries started to kick in. He said, "How are we, how is the game possibly going to survive without him?" And now here we are in 2016, and you know, it seems to be as healthy as ever. Um, and it's hard to believe that there are three guys, you know, as good as Jason Day and McElroy and Spieth are that we have three of those guys now sort of leading the charge. Um, I think there's, there's plenty of reason for optimism. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they're, and they're, you know, they're, uh, they're phenomenal players, but they're not even close to Tiger Woods. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. I mean, the, the run that Jordan Spieth's been on, I mean, he's, 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 he's top five in 18 out of his last uh, 32 tournaments. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, Tiger Woods, the, 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 the last years I helped Tiger, I mean, he won 45% of his tournaments. Yeah. He was top 10, he was top 10, 85% of the time. Uh, you know, th- those percentages, uh, blow away anything that Jordan Spieth has done. And that's not to diminish the fact that he's been on just an incredible run, but to me, uh, you know, well, no one's ever played the game the th- game like Tiger Woods. That's uh, certainly true when Tiger was at his prime, but Tiger at 22 compared to Spieth at 22, that's that's probably a fair comparison. And that comparison is that comparison's real. There's no doubt about it. And uh, and you, you know, I think the thing that you look at with Jordan Spieth, and I look at I, I just you know I, I think Jason Day's, you know, is is a unbelievable player i think of statistically jason day's the best player but jordan spieth is the best putter jordan spieth is the most improved player if you look at him statistically in the last couple years the most improved player and you just you just have a hard time getting past uh his his attitude and his drive when when you're you're talking about uh how great he can be well i mean he's already that great but how great he can be for a long period of time I, I think uh, I think he, he's he's the one on my list for sure. Uh, that is is the one that you know. I mean, you know, he could could do things like Tiger has done. Could do things like Jack Nicklaus has done. I mean that, um, and you know, I mean, certainly Rory has that opportunity too. But I just think there's something about Jordan Spieth, his attitude, his drive, um, just his just his whole uh, you know mental game and and just the way he approaches. Well, not just golf, but life. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's remarkable. Well, that's it. I mean, that's you know, obviously in golf, you got to be in it for the long haul. It's one thing to do it for you know three, four, five years, but to do it for an extended period, and that's what what separates obviously the 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 exceptional players from from just the very good players. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. But I mean, having having said that. Um, Jordan Spieth, 22 years old, and he's like already had a Hall of Fame career. So I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's 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 pretty unbelievable. 
One of the things uh, I was listening to an interview you did recently, which uh, really surprised me. I hadn't heard this statistic. It's talking about Tiger um, back in 2005. Everybody had sort of assumed that Tiger has maybe the best short game ever or had the best short game ever. Um, and you were talking about 2005, uh, the, the famous shot he holed out from behind the green at 16 in Augusta. And that was, in fact, the only time he holed out from off the green that whole season, um, which was surprising to me. I assumed he he would have had a few of them. And I think your larger point was that maybe his short game wasn't, I mean, obviously it's exceptional, but maybe it's not as maybe a, a touch overrated. Is that, is that a fair characterization of what you said? Yeah, well, he was, he was phenomenal at the, at the difficult shots. And those are the ones you remember the one like behind the green at 16 in Augusta, the shot he hold out at Mirfield village was a phenomenal shot. And you remember these shots, but a lot of times maybe the, the less difficult shots, I mean, there are no easy shots in golf, but the less difficult shots, maybe he wasn't quite as sharp on those, but which, which I think is a points to, to his genius. I mean, that, you know, the, the, the higher the mountain, the, the, the better, uh, he was, but, but the thing is, is, is yes. I mean, to, to hold one shot in, in 18 tournaments on the PGA tour, and then, you know, to listen, everybody talk about how great his short game is. I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm, I, his short game's good. Don't get me wrong. And, 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 you know, I mean, the last two years I helped tiger, uh, 2008, 2009, he was number one on the PGA tour and scrambling. So I'm not, you know, his short game was, was, was very good, yeah. but, it it uh, it improved over the years. I, I I feel like when he got better at, at some of the easier shots. But I'll never forget to your point on the one hole out that year, 2006. I remember at the Tour Championship and Tiger's in the front bunker on nine, uh, the the par five at, at, at East Lake, and he's on the front bunker and he's got a relatively uh, you know easy shot slight up to lie. And Andy North makes the comment on on uh, Andy North's a great commentator. He makes a comment on on uh, the television, he says, this is, this is an easy bunker shot. I mean, I, you know, I could see him holding this shot out. And I thought to myself, well, that would be the first sand shot he's hold out in three years, so I hope it happens. Wow. He had to hold a sand shot in three years, and Andy North made the comment, I think he's going to hold this one out. Right. And you know what he did, Alan? He left it in the bunker. <laughs> Amazing. Okay? So, yeah. so I mean, it, it, you know, it, you, you look at it, and and uh, the great ones, the great shots, the memorable shots, they stick in your mind. But um, sometimes some of the easier ones, uh, not you know, not maybe maybe those are the ones that, you know, he'd chip six, eight feet by, and then he'd make the putt coming back. And I think, man, that was a lot of work to, you know, for a, a pretty easy, you know, up and in. But, uh you know, those are those are just my observations. You know, I was like everybody else when I got in there. I thought, man, this, his short game is so good. And then all of a sudden, I got there and was with him every day. And I thought, you know, what? it's not as good as everybody says it is. Uh, so. so, feeding off of that, is there any? You know, obviously, we saw some of the the chip yip woes he went through um, last year. I mean, did that come as a surprise to you? Or, or? It, 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 he didn't go through it. You know, he didn't. He's not through it. Well, so, right, but I, mean, we, I guess when we first <laughs> we first saw it publicly on, on such a grand stage, uh, did right? Did you? I mean, did, were there any uh, indications to you, even even back in the time when you were working together, that that this might be an issue at some point in his career? Well, I start, I, I started to see a couple shots, you know, that would get, you know, a couple of those shots that would be 
make you think of last year. I saw those shots, a couple of them in, in say, 2008. Um, just a few. I mean, we'd practice around the screen at Alworth, and, and he was just unbelievable. I just used to be in awe of how he would hit off these tight lies and because uh, there's shots that I would struggle at, and I just always would look, and I can't believe how good he is at these. And then all of a sudden, you know, he started chunking a few of them. Now, when I say a few, maybe six in a year. Yeah. Uh, but but when you hadn't when you hadn't seen one in 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 four years, and you see six in a year, it, it you know makes you take notice. Um, and then at the uh, I think it's the 13th hole at the U.S. Open at uh, at Torrey Pines. And he, he chunked one down at the bottom of the hill there at par five. You lay up, and he chunked one at the bottom of that hill. And I asked Steve Williams afterwards, what happened on that shot? I mean, was the lie terrible? And he says, no, he, he yipped it with his knees. It was like a yip. And that was an, another, you know, fine. But but obviously, uh, it, it went to a, a another level when he, he changed his technique with, with uh, Sean Foley. And, yeah. and that clearly clearly messed up his short game and got him in between methods and releases and whatever, whatever else he's, he has talked about, but it, it really, uh, it really created an, an issue for him. You know, people talk about how he, he got that organized and fixed it and, you know, and got his short game and it's just all just, you know, that's, that's another one of these misconceptions that people have. He was last on the PGA tour last year in scrambling. Yeah. Dead last. Yeah. 183rd, last on the PGA Tour, and not just last. He was last by two percentage points. And you know, Alan, that you know a, 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 a half a percentage point, you know, separates 50 players. He was last by two full percentage points. He was also dead last on the PGA Tour last year in in uh, in Sand Sage. So his his short game um, is is long from from fixed, and it's it's uh, it's it's long. And it's even longer from where it was when he was number one on the tour in scrambling in 2008 and 2009. Well, and he's probably at a point, I would think, anybody who's had to suffer through this, there's, you know, obviously a certain level of embarrassment. And then you're probably just trying to guard against hitting that shot, which which prevents you from hitting a very precise shot. He's probably, maybe he's going through, you know, just trying to get something up there, you know, that's respectable. And and then, you know. Well, clearly, clearly. uh, Clearly, and and none of the none of the announcers will ever mention the word yip. Um, so when I mention it, you know, people just say, oh my gosh, you know, it's like some big criticism. But it, you know, if it if it if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, I mean, it's probably a duck. So you know, it just you just calling it what what it is. But the, the reality of it is, is is that everybody has pointed out on TV how he's he's putted more and more from from situations that you would have never seen him putt before, and that uh, and that goes to your point that obviously that's a sign that that there's not the confidence there in the short game that there once was. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it, do, it doesn't mean sometimes that's necessarily a a bad play. I think agronomy plays a part too. The, these golf courses have changed so much. There's so much tight area around these greens. And I think it's not just Tiger. You're seeing more players than ever on the PGA Tour putting from off the green. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's just it's a smart play in many instances. But it's a different play for Tiger. And it, it definitely does have to make you think that the confidence is clearly not what it was once. Have, have, have any players of note come to you? Uh you know, with, with full-blown yips, and have you had any success in trying to cure them? 
Putting, yes, uh, but uh, chipping is very, very difficult. Um, first off, there's no cure for it. You you find ways to, to play around it. Right. Um, you know, I wrote a book, How to Fix Your Yips Forever. Uh, you know, it was a great title, but it probably should have been titled How to How to Play Around Your Yips, uh, because once you you get that in there, it it just doesn't leave. Um, but you you can hold it at bay. You can play around it. You can find ways to to work around it. Uh, the full swing is difficult, but it, 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 it's doable. The putting is, is, is very doable. There's alternative methods you can, you can use, um, but the chipping is, is, is very, very, very difficult. I mean, we saw a player on the European Tour uh, chipping and pitching one-handed, uh, and, you know, we've seen VJ use cross-handed, and, and, but there really isn't uh, a, a way, a real effective way to work around the, the chipping. And uh, that's why, it, you know, you see people using a lot more putters from off the green. Yeah. Uh, and that, the last note on Tiger, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, when you look back, now you've obviously had some years apart, time to digest um, all you guys accomplished. Uh, is there anything that, you know, what was most meaningful or is there a moment that resonates uh, with you when you, when you look back on your time together, I'm talking about time, uh, you know, working on his swing, any breakthroughs that, that you were a part of that you're particularly proud of? I mean, I'm proud of the record that, that Tiger had while I was coaching him. I mean, that's the, you know, one of the proudest things that I have in, in my, in my career without a doubt when I started with Tiger and I, I thought, my goodness, um, you know, to be able to, to follow Butch Harmon, and he's such an, an incredible coach, arguably the greatest coach that's ever coached a, a touring professional. And, uh, you know, to follow him and, and the record that he had with Tiger, I thought, you know, I, I mean, how, how could, how could you improve on this? And, and, and then to, to, to end with the, the record that Tiger had during the time that I was with him, where, you know, like I said and earlier, and he won, 45% of his tournaments and was top 10, 85% of the time, the last few years I helped him. I thought, you know, that's a, a record that I'm, I'm incredibly proud of because, um, you know, I, I really believe that, you know, no matter, no matter who you're, you're judging and no matter what sport you're judging, it's like, it's like Bill Parcells said, uh, you are what your record says you are. You know, you can, everybody yeah. is entitled to their own opinion. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, uh, but no one's entitled to their own facts. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of those, of those facts. And, uh, you know, it was all, it, it was a great experience for me. I knew it was not going to be easy. When I started, Butch Harmon told me, he said, Hank, it's harder than, than it looks. And, uh, and I knew it, it was not going to be, be easy. Uh, but I, it was an incredibly fun challenge and a, a great opportunity. And, and, and Tiger was, uh, you know, the ultimate, uh, ultimate, uh, player or student that you could coach without a doubt i know you've said many times you're you're done teaching at the uh at the tour level but uh i'm curious is, is there any player out there not to say that you necessarily um come out of retirement to uh to help but is there is there a guy on tour you think who could benefit from uh I don't know your type of your style of coaching or, or any player who just felt feel could use a little bit more mentoring and, and would really benefit from it. Yeah. I, I haven't given a, a, a golf lesson uh, except for a couple of lessons for charity. I haven't given a golf lesson since 2004. And I said, like I 
you said. I mean, when I was done with Tiger, I said, even when I started with Tiger, I said, he's going to be my last student. So I, I, I kind of don't, you know, look at it like, like, boy, I wish I could help this guy or that guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I do look, I do look at, at students, every one of them, like you mentioned, people sending their pictures in it and swings on Twitter. And I look at everybody's swing. You look at everybody's swing on TV and you think, oh, well, he just needs to do this. And he just needs to do that. Um, you look at, you look at any player, any tour pro, and you think, well, you know, he needs to do this a little more. He needs to do that a little bit more. And he would be so much better. But everybody does that. That's what coaches do. The problem is, is you get in there, you get in there, and it becomes a lot more difficult than you thought it was. Uh, and and I think this is the, this is the the problem that you know Tigers coaches uh, since Butch and I have, have faced. Uh, yeah, they can see things that that maybe they don't like. They can see things that need to be better. Um, and you know the assumption is is you just go and get them to do that. Well. That that's equivalent to, to to reading an X-ray, Alan, and it's not that difficult to read an X-ray, uh, especially when you've been trained. Uh, and with all the technology today, uh, with the videos and the, the, all these different you know computer analysis and this 3D and so on and so forth, you can analyze better than you've ever analyzed uh, before. Uh, and, and it doesn't take let's just put it this way: it doesn't take as much skill to analyze as it did back in the day when you were Ben Hogan looking in a mirror. Yeah. Uh, but the, but, the, but that's the, but, but that's the easy part. That's the easy part. Okay. Now you've got to get them to do it. And now you've got to point them in the right direction. You've got to lead them. You've got to, you've got to, to, to realize that in many cases with great, great talent, you've got to figure out a way to make it their idea. And especially, you know, this was true with Tiger and this is the challenge in coaching. This is what, what is, is, is difficult. So what, whereas I might look at these players and think, hey, they just need to do this and this, I know in my mind it's a lot, it's a lot harder than that. That's a, that's a fascinating point. So it's, you know, and I think, it's, I think it's a good one. Players at a certain level, obviously, they think they've got it figured out, uh, and many probably are very close to figuring it out. But, but that notion of you – making them believe that it's their own idea when they're changing something or tweaking something. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, I mean, that's the essence of, of coaching greatness because that's how most of them are. I mean, uh, there are not many people that just, you know, uh, take what you say and, and do it uh, when they are great achievers to begin with. And it's not a it's not a knock. It's not a negative. It's it's really a positive because that's one of the reasons why they're so great. Uh, but some of it is just is just leading them in a certain direction. Uh, maybe you you maybe you tell us a, a story uh, that illustrates a certain point, and through that point, uh, that player picks up on on something that you were saying, and and uh, and, and again it gets their attention. You know that that was one of the things I I did with with Tiger in his short game, one time I told him about a, a, a world champion nine ball pool player friend of mine C J Wiley he had he I gave him golf lessons and he gave me pool lessons and one day I asked him I said C J I said I, I make a lot of really hard shots but I miss a lot of easy shots and he said Hank he said that's because there are no easy shots if they were easy you'd never miss them so when I was 
looking at Tiger's short game, which we talked about earlier, and I said, you know, his, his short game's not what people think it is. He's, he misses too many of these easy shots. I told him that story, and and it, it got his attention, and he started paying more attention to to the, the less difficult shots on the short game, and I think I think that um, you know ha- had an impact. I mean, I, I I clearly know it had an impact on why he was number one in scrambling in 2008 and 2009. And this is something that, you know, you, you don't get from analyzing a video uh, or a, a force plate or a 3D analysis, but it's, it, it, it just goes to the heart of coaching. And, uh, and I think, you know, that's, that's a point that, um, you know, where experience obviously does matter. And, uh, and, and I think that's, you know, once again, one of the reasons that, Tiger was incredibly successful, um, you know, with Butch Harmon and, and with myself because you're talking about two coaches who have a lot of experience. There has to be a certain buzz uh, you get off working with, with a Tiger or a Phil or a player who's at the top of the game. Is that – I mean, I imagine that's something you miss. Obviously, you don't miss it enough to get, get back into the game at that level, but, um, you know, is, is it a little part of you sort of still, still ache for that? Well, that depends on the person. I think I think I can see how that could be a, a, a huge motivator for some people, and and not and not much of one for for other people. And for me personally, um, that you know is something that you think about um, when you decide to call it a day, um, and you think you know, am I going to really miss this? And I would would say that that you know I I, I haven't missed it at all. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's fun going to golf tournaments. But, you know, when you, you can't find a parking place and, <laughs> and you, you know, it, you know, it's from what you do, it's, it's, it's not, you know, as yeah, it be a grind, easy yeah. as it sounds. Yeah. yeah. And when, and, you know, it's, it's incredible going to the masters. I mean, it's the most unbelievable tournament. Um, but, you know, the, the 25th one doesn't feel like the first one either. I mean, it, it right. just, it, right. it, it is, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, my joy of going to those tournaments now is if I go with people who haven't been, and it's fun for me to, to go with them. But, uh, no, I, I, in all honesty, it's just I loved what I did. It was incredible for my career. But uh, I'd rather be on, on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio uh, seven days a week helping, uh, you know, the average player to play and, and enjoy the game more and, and – uh, you know, golf's been good to me, so I, I'd rather focus my attention on doing things like that and, and hopefully, you know, helping uh, grow the game and just making golf, you know, a better game. That's kind of where, where my uh, mind and my, my career is now. I think that's a pretty nice uh, note to end on there, Hank. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell our listeners, if you want any more nuggets of wisdom from, from Hank or any swing tips, uh Try calling try calling him on his radio show. It's ten AM, is it, Hank? Yep, ten AM. Ten AM uh, on Sirius uh, XM. Yep. Um yep. or drop him drop him a tweet because Hank is amazingly responsive to uh to reader questions over Twitter. So uh a couple different mediums there where you can reach uh reach Hank Haney and all his wisdom. So Hank, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time. All right, Al, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.